scary girl. Hey, everybody. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this is episode 51. 51. Of Dead Time Stories. Welcome to the show. Yeah, at 51, I'm still just blown away that we've made it through 50 episodes and that you guys really seem to like us. Yeah, it's really cool. We just launched our Patreon. Yes. Uh, and As you might not know, we have been not so subtly asking for your money. And some of you have already stepped up to the plate. And we're like, wow. Yeah, we've only had it up for a few days, but we already have uh, seven patrons and we are at $50 a month, which is huge. So That's so awesome because we're coming from $0 a month. Yeah, so um, we're so thankful for you guys. Um, we wanted to give individual shout outs to each one of our patrons. And so uh, when you also go become a patron, you'll get a shout out on the show, which means you're basically famous. You know, until we have so many that we can't do that anymore. So this is a special privilege. Right. You got to be in the top so like you better 100. Enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the we've got my sister, Gilmarie is a patron so thank you thank you we have zach simcoe who's zach. been zach zach's been listening from the beginning he has he's um, been a great and he emails me thank he does you, he's a regular like interactor with the podcast and he messages me on facebook a lot too and Aww. i'm terrible about messaging people on facebook um but, here's but he's out. amazing right and i'm like zach you're awesome and you're great and i appreciate you and you always have great things to add um and thank you. now you're a patron so thank you so much we have Val. You know who you are, Val Law. We know Val. <laughs> Thank you, Val. Uh, who was previously on an episode. We have, of course, Mary Angela. Thank you, Mary Angela. Mary Angela Saavedra, who we record at her house. She's been a guest now four, four times. times. Um, yeah. Her punch card is almost full. Almost full, yeah. She gets a, what does she get? I don't know. Whenever we get merch, she gets it first. But thank you, Mary Angela, for everything, of course, letting us record here, for supporting our show. Then we have my brother, Philip, is one of our patrons. Yeah, Phil, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Thank you, Phil. We really appreciate it. We do. We have uh, our grid and great friend, Colleen. Colleen! Girl, you know we love you. Thank you so much. Of course, we love you supporting the show. We want to have you on again. We just want to hang out. I know. (sighs) You're so awesome. We're so thankful that this show has given us a way to meet people like Colleen because we met Colleen because of this show. And now she's a dear friend and we are so thankful for her and we're so thankful for all of you guys continuing to be our friends and support us and listen. And then we have one more our good friend Jerry Taylor. Taylor is my king. Thank you, Jerry Taylor. Taylor. Is my king. We love Jerry. We also keep saying we need to get Jared on the show, and I know he would be down to come on the yeah, show. Yeah, Jared, look up a ghost story. Tell us about a family ghost story or whatever. Like, have it. Make Bring one it up. on. You remember when your dad was a zombie and I had to kill him? Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, weren't you? Was, was Jared involved in that? Yeah. No, he wasn't involved in that. That's why he wasn't. I thought he was there. Mm, Sorry, Jared. Jared, were you? Were you there? Reach out to us. Let us know. <laughs> this went on for too long. So thank you. Is that all of our patrons? Uh, yes. Those are all of our current patrons. Thank you guys so, so much. Thank you, you so much. can find us on Patreon. We do have three tiers, so you can give us as little as $1 a month, and we would be so thankful that you're setting aside a dollar a month to give to what we're doing. But you can also give us $5 a month or $15 a month. 
um, which is great. Yeah, too. even even at one dollar a month, though, there you're getting a reward, so you get to join the uh, Patreon exclusive Facebook group where we're going to do two live streams a month. Right now, we have our first live stream scheduled for June second. Marketing so, your calendars. Marketing your calendars. We'll give you a time a little closer to the thing. Hopefully around like two o'clock that day, probably two p.m. Eastern Standard, Standard time. time. But we'll update you. But that'll be our first live stream, and that's going to be an exclusive to Patreon subscribers. So but you only have to pay a dollar, a dollar right? A, a dollar, dollar a month. month. Uh, yeah. So that gets you into the Facebook group. Five dollars a month gets you bonus content. So there's going to be like blooper reels, and we've got to come up with a name for this segment. But a little We're bonus gonna... episode of I even calling it just Stephanie describing movies to Sarah that she's never seen. Yeah, um, we'll figure it out. And I'm excited because the first episode is going to be the movie Seven. So. Sarah's never seen it. I'm shrugging. I've never seen it. I'm a big fan. If you want to hear me describe it to Sarah, then you're going to need to donate $5 a month. And that's going to be the first episode in June. And then we have for our $15 subscribers, you get the Faint Flatulence Collection. So every month we're going to send you a handcrafted, hand-captured ghost fart in a jar, as well as a certificate of authenticity that tells you about the ghost who I had a I had another joke. Remember we were talking about whose remains remained behind? Yes, remained behind in the jars in our hearts. But I forever. was like, ooh, whose behind remains remained behind. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but you get a little ghost fart in a jar. You do. It's a tiny little jar. It's a tiny little bit of ghost fart, but it's a big piece of our heart and we're really excited. And it's a big piece of the collection. So so go check it out for more details. You can see all of that on our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash deadtime stories. All, all one, one word, word with a Z. And um, go check that out. I think we've pandered for money long enough. Um, I have an update for you. Cool. On our favorite subject in the entire world. Before you get into that, which I know you're what I have an idea. <laughs> Um, I actually have these, which I wasn't supposed to open until I got here. So <gasps> what is this? Val gave us cards Aww. to celebrate our, you know, 50 episodes. Our 50th episode. Oh, thank you, Val. Thanks, Val. All right. So we open them now. Open them. Oh, wow. This is, ooh, ooh, chills. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's... <laughs> Oh, is yours? Did we get this. We got a different we card, different but I assume they both. Yours also says your fiftieth anniversary, anniversary. <laughs> right? Um, but then it has episode written on it. it yeah. says, Congratulations Re- on your fiftieth episode anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you read yours first, and then I'll read mine. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> this is so good. Uh, Stephanie, here's to all the ways you celebrate the good in each other. Put aside differences, find reasons to laugh and believe in. And then there's tape over it and it says ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) To see you through. (laughs) To see you through. Uh, To many more episodes and the best of times. Love, Val. So mine says happy 50th anniversary. And it says the best kind of, and once again, it's got tape over it. The best kind of ghost. (laughs) Is the kind that shares the load, goes the distance, and has fun along the way. (laughs) And then on the inside, it says, congratulations to you both on your 50. And then she put episodes and, like, stickers over (laughs) 50 years, 50 episode journey as a couple. (laughs) And then there's this... 
Sarah, just think of all the changes you've seen and all the big and little milestones you've marked along the way. Remember all the good times you've shared with family and friends at every new turn. Hope looking back is a sweet, satisfying part of the celebration today. And I hope the road ahead holds that same feeling of joy and adventure you knew when you were starting out. <laughs> Cheers to way more poop jokes and number one spots. Best Val. This is fantastic. Yay. Thank you, Val. Thank you, Val. That was very sweet. That's our first, like, fan mail. <laughs> A hand-delivered fan mail. Yeah. I'm just going to have you hold on to that. Yeah, Val waited to give it to me until right before they left for work and then was like... Oh, my God. I love it so right. much. Right. It was like, don't open this until you see Sarah. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to wait and open it on the show. I love it so much. So That's so yeah. great. Oh, thanks, Val. Thank you, Val. Well, here's to some more poop jokes. So here's my update on our favorite person in the whole wide world. The pooper attendant. Thomas Tramaglini. So just a quick recap, if you guys yes. don't remember. Okay, so if you haven't been listening from the beginning, um, pff, you're not aware of this. But this started probably, we're at a year ago yeah. of when he was first, like, you know, they found out that was him. So. And it blew up on BuzzFeed. Like, it, this is where, like, a lot of people initially heard it. But, but and I heard Sarah it on the radio. been following it with the urgency of a man I, who has to poop on a track. Yeah. Because he's ran so much, and that's apparently where he likes to do it. But, yeah, so this uh, superintendent was caught defecating behind the bleachers on another school, not even his school. I don't think I knew that, track. that it was another school's no, track. No, it's not even his school. It's another school's track. And apparently there were porta-potties like 80 feet away. Right. But he didn't use them. And he would run like six or seven miles and then the suddenly track, need and to then shit. need to shit and would just go behind the bushes. And, behind. and this happened on a week. Multiple times. Like weekly basis, multiple times. And they were just like, who the fuck is shitting, Who's on, the shitting on the track? Who's shitting on the track? Finally, they figure out it's the pooper intendant. So he lost his job and he unfortunately, you know, was. And they gave him like a big, sweet That's, severance so, baggage. Um, he resigned. Resigned from his position, which paid him $145,000 a year, but he collected $109,000, almost $110,000 in severance of paid leave, unused vacation, and early termination, so severance. So he still walked away with $100,000. Right, with almost another year's salary. Exactly. But he's been bitching this entire time. And um, what he's doing now, he is, as of... You know, this, what was it? It says he filed this court on Tuesday, and that's Tuesday of this week, which that was the 30th of April. Okay. So the 30th of April, he filed suit in a federal court claiming that the police improperly took his photograph and leaked it. So he was threatening this last time we talked about yes, him. Yes, he being, was threatening the He lawsuit. was like, I'm going to file a suit. I'm going to sue you guys. He wanted to sue him for a million dollars, saying that they took his mugshot and leaked it online, and now he'll never be able to get another job. This has tainted his reputation for forever. And I just got to say again, this man did this multiple times. He pooped on the track. He knew... If he runs seven miles, he's going to have to immediately shit. shit. So why do you continue to do it? Why can't you make it to the porta-potties? Like, make that part of your seven-mile run. Like, I don't this know. This was part of his routine was taking this dump. Exactly. This wasn't like he took it one time. He took this dump multiple, multiple times. times. This was part of his routine. 
so I'm I don't feel sorry for the guy. If you feel sorry for the guy, I that's your prerogative. But now he's suing for a million dollars, um, saying that he will never achieve the level of compensation, benefits, and retirement that he would have had if the unlawfully taken photographs of him had not been released to the media to satisfy the prurient interests of certain members of the police department. So he's he's thinking that they were just like vindictive and leaked it online. But I'm like, seriously, dude, why? Of course, they're going to leak it online. You pooped on a track. Like, I don't know what else to yeah. tell you. So um, he has filed for this. Who knows what's going to end up happening from it? But right now he's got a lawsuit against the police department. And what I find hilarious is the article that I'm looking at in the first paragraph um, has the mugshot. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. So like it's never going away. Like I don't, I don't know, know why That's you him. think you're gonna get anything. Everybody knows now. But like, yeah, fucking white dude pooping on a track. So the pooper intendant's trying to get money from the police department. We'll see how this saga plays out. Uh it's been going on for a year now that yeah. he's had pretty regular updates. So that's pretty regular. Yeah, I know, I know. I I see you. You see me? But that severance package is starting to wear out. So like he better and that's why he's going for this lawsuit. Because he can't, he's get, like, another I can't job. get a job. So I need this to pan out. Maybe you could apply at Starbucks or something. I don't know. Just do something. I just one. I didn't know what that to do with Starbucks, but then two, it made something else pop into my head uh, that was unrelated to Starbucks, but related to pooping on a track. <laughs> pooping. I was at work. I do not remember <laughs> how this video came up, but I was with my boss, and some video was recommended to us that was called. The squirtiest poop you've no, ever seen. No. In your life. Did you watch it? We did. <laughs> Was it? Yes and no. I mean, to be fair, I haven't watched a lot of poops. I haven't watched a lot of squirting poops. I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> but the weird thing about it was that, like, it was like she ran out. It's not like she was hiding to take the poop. It was like she was this like found footage or was this like it was from like a security camera? Oh, so I thought this was like a porn thing. No, (laughs) I thought this this was like up close to the butthole. Like, no, no, this was security camera footage. No, and it was like in a plaza and there were no people around, but it wasn't like she looked for something to hide behind. It was like she looked around and ran out in the middle. In the middle of the plaza and took the poop. So this was like a thing for her to like. I don't know. I don't know. It. I don't know what it was, but she definitely like ran out and like looked around and then pulled her pants down. <laughs> and it was like this, like, like it made. I can't describe it, and it's sad because you're listening to a podcast. I don't. But it see went it. like up. Is what I'm saying. Like she like it, like projectiled a little. Yes, bit. like went up. It was so definitely there was a lot all of liquid. Uh, yeah. And then <laughs> very quickly, very quickly pulled her pants back up, no wiping, no nothing, ran uh, away. No. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck did we just watch? If it was all liquid, that was not a clean break. No. Like, no. Uh, uh. I don't know why you would have thought the squirtiest poop would have been anything but liquid, Sarah. <laughs> The word squirt I implies. I was imagining maybe it was like a mixture, and I was thinking maybe like one of those sprinkler heads. I was like, welcome to episode 51. Welcome uh, to the second half of Doing what we do best. First. <laughs> first. Making poop jokes. 100 chunks. 
<laughs> All right. Um, before we get into it, we do have a promo for you guys. Um, Hope they don't mind <laughs> that we're gonna talk about poop coming in and after then. all this. But I mean, they're siblings, so they know what it's like to share a bathroom. That's true. So yeah, go check them out. This is from Two Scared Siblings. Hello. Hello. We're Two Scared Siblings. I'm Andrea. I'm Ren. And we talk about all horror things. So. Yeah, I said that really salesman corny. <laughs> yeah. I'm Ren. And buy yeah. this car. Why, hello there, <laughs> folks. <laughs> Come check um, out our horror podcast. And there's a lot of this crap, too. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of this crap. We do this. But everything horror. So true crime, ghost stories. Like a lot of ghost stories. Conspiracies, I don't know, gross diseases. Everything. All, like actual fictional stories and like media critiques in the horror genre. Anything that's Everything horrible. Horror. So if you like horrible yep. shit, come listen to us. Yeah, and you can email us too. We do audience participation at twoscaredsiblings at gmail.com. So like you might be featured on an episode. So yeah, all things yeah. horror. Check us out. Bye. We love you. Bye. Mwah. Scared sibling. I'm gonna slap the <laughs> shit out of you. <laughs> I looked at you and I was like, what is she gonna do? She can't go spooky girls because it's a brother and sister. But you're gonna do that. Oh, spooky sibling. Ugh. I don't like it. Okay. Go check them out. They're really cool. Um, Stephanie, for the 51st time, y'all, y'all ready, ready to talk, talk about some ghosts? ghosts? The thing is, we've missed it a couple times. I know. So it's probably not the 51st time, but we're going to, you know what, retcon, we're going to say it is. There we go. Um, Also, we forgot to mention, I did want to like put it out into the ether that we hope to one day, we'll know that we made it when we can have Leslie Leslie Jordan Jordan on on our show. To have him say, y'all ready to talk about some ghosts. Because we haven't talked about it since we, in our second episode, was the one time we mentioned him. What was the name of that episode, Sarah? Dedicated to Leslie Jordan. (laughs) I knew you'd know. Duh. I love you. Yeah, I love you too. <laughs> um, uh, so we we got our catchphrase from Leslie Jordan from the American, Horror, American Story. Horror Story episode, and um, we haven't mentioned it since we started doing it because it's kind of our thing now. But if Leslie Jordan was on the show, that's really how we would know we made it, you guys. Yeah. So you know, having him say it, petition. I love it. All right. Well, uh, Stephanie, what are you talking about this week? So um, I'm just talking a little bit about one thing. And then <laughs> I just thought about something else earlier where I was like, mm, I've never talked about this. I don't think I could bring that up on the show. But first, I'm going to talk about this other thing. So I wanted to find stories about celebrity ghosts. And so I was like, let's right. see who's a famous person that has become a ghost. But then when I started to Google celebrity ghosts, what came up, it was like celebrity ghost stories. And I was like, yeah, sure. But it turns out that's a show. So there's a show called Celebrity Ghost Stories. And it's not about celebrity ghosts. It's It's celebrities ghost stories. Yes. Right? (laughs) Celebrities telling you their personal ghost stories of when they were haunted. Yeah. I feel like I've heard about this, but I've never watched it. Did you watch some of it? I only watched like a little segment. But what cracked me up was like there were – I thought it was going to be like like a bunch of like okay celebrity like people I didn't know but there were people on there that I'm like I know who that is. you're like a celebrity you're like a real celebrity you're like a genuine celebrity um and to me that was like really 
<laughs> it was like really exciting. So I was going to just talk about some of the people that were on Celebrity Ghost Stories. Because right. uh, I was just really, really excited. Because like I said, there were more famous people than I would have thought. But um, so people that have been on there include people like Joan Rivers, uh, Scott Bayo. Carney Wilson. <laughs> okay. Not Carney Wilson of Hello from the Magic Tavern. That's Carnival Wilson. Who, right, whose name is really Carnival Wilson. But Carney Wilson. <laughs> I just want to say, I'm so sad that they're on their season break. I miss it. So it's, it's a great show. one podcast that I'm like, every week I'm excited. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, that's Hello from the Magic Tavern. Blah, 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 blah. Um, Eric Roberts, Carrie Fisher. Was on Rue McClanahan, John Waters, who I'm a big of fan course. of, uh, Tom Arnold, Tracy Lords, who's a former porn star, Morgan Fairchild, Lily Taylor, and that is all just the first season. Okay. Wow. So they've had a ton of people on. Uh, the one that I was watching, the segment that I started to watch was with Brett Michaels. Um, the rock star who no, was on I, yeah, Rock I know. of Love. I watched Rock of Love. I'm so ashamed to say it. I watched Rock of Love. I watched Flavor of Love. I watched some of the Tila Tequila one. Ugh, I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it was Brett Michaels was the one that I started to watch. Uh, and the best part was that he, they did like some reenactments. So there was like a guy who was like young Brett Michaels. I was like, they didn't use Brett Michaels no. for the reenactments. No, because it, no, but they had a guy who was like young Brett Michaels who had like a wig. <laughs> and the stupid bandana. Right. Yes. And he had the bandana and he had like headphones on. He's like hanging out. <laughs> um, but I was like really excited about it. Uh, Natasha, oh my god, I can never remember her fucking name. I want to say it's Natasha Henstridge. She was in, uh, fucking, uh, Species, which is a movie that I liked a lot when I was a kid. But there have been tons of people on this show, which I thought was really, really exciting. And it talked a little bit about, like, the number of people who believe in ghosts. So, like, 75% of Americans would tell you that they believe there are things that they can't explain. Yes. Okay. I yeah. That's where I'm at. Okay. I'm part of that 75%. And then they say half of that, so that would be like 30 33333 37.5%. Okay. <laughs> Cuz it was half of that 75%. Okay. So half of 75 is like 37.5%. Okay. But half of that 75% believe that they themselves have experienced something that they can't explain. And then it was like, and then a small, even smaller percentage of that are, are celebrities. <laughs> but enough to make a show. But about enough, it. right. Exactly. Enough people, uh, to make a show called Celebrity Ghost Stories. And it was, uh, it's been That's on. Really I is think it it's still, still on? on. Wow. I believe. As long as there are celebrities, there no. will be ghost stories. No, it's not oh, still okay. on. Never mind. But it was on for five seasons. There were 92 oh. episodes. Oh, wow. And usually like three or four people per episode. Wow. So there's a ton and ton and ton of them. And they were on uh, the Biography Channel for seasons one through four. And then the Lifetime Movie Network for it says seasons five through and then on as if it's still on. But it might have been like not. It's not, right? Yeah. Not that I know of. But I was really excited <laughs> if that exists. And I want to watch more of it. But then the other thing that I remember that I wanted to talk about 
because we talked about a little bit about the Warrens last week, and we've had a very popular post. We have. Our Instagram is blown up, blown you guys. Up, we want to, again, say thank Thanks. you. Uh, please continue to tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, talking about Annabelle and the Annabelle doll, and... I've, you know, had people, especially lately, conversations when we were talking about the show and stuff where people have like, you've really, you've never experienced anything that you can't explain or anything like that. And I was like, even if I had, I would probably be completely oblivious to it. However, uh, one story that I've always loved to tell people about from when I was little is I did have a doll that I was convinced was possessed. Now, that's when I was little. I I want to say it was my seventh birthday. I had begged for a water baby. Are you familiar with a water baby? Yes. <laughs> so if you're not I familiar, am. in the 90s, there's this baby doll that was really popular called a water baby. And it came with a little funnel, and the body of the baby was rubber, and you would fill it with warm water. Basically like a waterbed, like yeah, a baby-shaped waterbed. The, the water um, balloon baby. Right. So you could, like, poke it in the tummy, and it would, like, wiggle. Right. And it was, like, heavy. It, like, <laughs> right. It and it would be heavy like, like a, a baby. baby. Right. So I, like, begged my mom for this water baby, okay? And then I got the water baby, and then I also got this game, which I cannot remember the name of the game, and that would be very helpful. But I got this game that involved, like, witches, Okay. And for some reason, I think playing the game, like, got me a little, like, nervous. Got you a little, like, spooked. And I got the doll the same birthday. So this was how I, as a grown-up, have, like, tried to explain it away. But I was, like, I, as an adult, I've been, like, I think I was, like, spooked by the game and I got the doll at the same time. So that was what made me, like, ha- like having nightmares about the game and the doll made me think there was something up with the doll. Mm-hmm. But I was convinced, like, that doll just really creeped me out. But the other thing was, I knew my mom, and I couldn't say that I didn't like this present that I had, like, begged her for. So She would have been like, you're going to like it no matter what. So she literally, my mother would tuck me in at night with the water baby. I would wait for my mom to turn off the light and leave, and I would get up and put the water baby in the closet. (laughs) And close the doors and get up in the morning before my mom came to wake me up to get the water baby back out of the closet. Oh, my God. Um, when I first started sleeping with it, I didn't put it in the closet. I put it at the foot of the bed so that if it came alive, I could just kick it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the theory. That was your plan. Right. But then it got to a point where I was just like, that doesn't I can't. suffice. Right. I was like, I can't just kick it. Like, I need to hear it coming. Like, <laughs> if it's in the bed, it's already too late. So, so that's when I started putting it in the, uh, in the closet. And I would put it there and get up in the morning and get it back in the bed. So that my mom never knew. And then eventually, like, it stopped being, like, expected that I was sleeping with the water baby and I could just like leave it alone and not deal with the water baby. And I had told all my friends this story. And then my mom, (laughs) like my mom heard me telling this story when I was like an adult. (laughs) And my mom was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, the water baby, like that's what, that was the deal with me and that water baby. And my mom was like, you loved that water baby. And I was like, uh, and I was like, you begged me for it. And then you, you slept with it every night. Like you always, and I was like, because I knew I couldn't tell you that I was like afraid of it, but there was just something like, so what did it do? 
I don't know. I mean, you can tell the way they move is already creepy. Like they have this like wiggle to them (laughs) because they're full of water, like a waterbed. And if you can imagine, if you've ever been on a waterbed, if you've ever not even gotten on it, just hit the waterbed and kind of like watched it move like that on a much smaller scale, (laughs) but with a face, with a baby head, right? Exactly. Like it just wiggles at you, and and then like if you put warm water in it, like it feels like it's like alive. Yeah, it just really creeped me out. So I. I don't know. I just felt like I would leave it somewhere and it would be when I would find it again, it would always be looking at me. (laughs) I don't know how to explain it. Like, even if I like left it like face down, do you know what I mean? I feel like I would come back and it would be face up, like looking at me. (laughs) Like it was, I felt like that. Now, I don't know. As an adult, I'm like, I rationalize it and I'm like, I probably imagined all that. But I, as a seven year old, was convinced that my water baby was possessed. Sarah right now, by the way, is staring at me and wiggling. <laughs> like she's just doing a little like shake back and forth like she's a water baby. Stephanie. <sighs> yeah. I was always I had a love-hate relationship, and as I'm sure most people who owned one did with my Furby. Because it would talk. I never wanted one because I I was I already did. creeped out I by them. I wanted one so bad. And my dad <laughs> used to go to Fry's Electronics all the time and they sold Furbies at Fry's. And I finally talked him into buying one for me. And then I got sick of it. And then I would put it in a box under my bed like storage and it would just make noise yeah. randomly. And I'd be like, um, what? It was so scary. Uh yeah no I always thought Furbies were fucking terrifying and I never had one but I had friends with them and I was like put that away they were so, there's a, like a, a whole lot of conspiracy theories out there that Furbies had like they were all bugged for the government to listen to oh us. of course and I'm like all right sure I don't mean of course that's true I mean of course there are people who believe that I believe there are people who believe that mm-hmm. Sarah what are you talking about this week all right, so buckle in. Oh, I'm buckled. Because this one's a little rough. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and give a little bit of a disclaimer that it is kind of graphic. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's talk about a murder. Oh, shit. So this happened just a few years ago. I want to say it was 2016, and he was just convicted in 2018. Okay. So this is the story of Blake Libel. A Toronto rich kid turned brutal murderer. Is this the influenza kid? Mm-mm. Influenza. Is the like. No. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Affluenza. Affluenza. No, this is not. No, he's he got his comeuppance. Okay. All right. So um, Blake Libel was a rich kid from Toronto living a lavish Hollywood life as a film producer and graphic novelist. Um, he worked at he worked on the animated version of Spaceballs that's on his resume, okay. and he created a graphic novel called Syndrome, which that'll come into play later. Um, he's rich because he's the son of a billionaire mega developer and former Olympian, Lorne Libel, and his late mother had her own fortune and was an heiress to a plastics dynasty. So he was fucking Loaded. rich. Okay, so rich. Um. He moved from Toronto to L.A. in 2004 um, and like his parents put him up, bought him a house and he ended up getting married and he had a son with this first wife, Amanda Braun. Um, And he primarily lived off of his allowance from his parents, which after his mother had died, all of those installments over seven years ended up totaling one point eight million dollars. 
But in 2015, he met a woman named Ayana Kazjan. Kazian? I'm not going to be able to pronounce it because she's from the Ukraine. She's okay. Ukrainian. Um, but he met her and filed for divorce from his wife and separated. So Ayana was originally from the Ukraine, and she had gone to law school and worked for several years prosecuting tax crimes in the Ukraine. However, she spoke fluent English and had always dreamed of traveling to work as an interpreter. So in 2014, she was able to make that dream come true, and she immigrated to the U.S., where she found work as a model in California. And that's when her and Blake's paths crossed. Okay. So soon after uh, Blake had divorced from his wife and all of that was final, Ayana announced that she was pregnant with his kid. Um, she was super happy. She apparently, according to her mother, called and told her that like her longtime dream of becoming a mother, a parent, was finally coming true. And on May 3rd, 2016, she gave birth to their daughter named Diana. Okay. Um, and this was probably the last real like happy moment for her. So Ayana's mother, Olga, had traveled into the U.S. for the birth of her granddaughter and to help her daughter with, you know, the first few days, months of motherhood. However, she soon became concerned. So big surprise here. Blake was super controlling and wanted to have (laughs) control over everything. So much so that he even denied Olga, Ayana's mother, from being there at the birth of the granddaughter. So she flew into the country to be there to, you know, hold her daughter's hand, do the mom thing while she's giving birth. And he was like, no, she's not allowed in here. She's not allowed to be present. So he's super controlling. That sort of puts her on edge. She doesn't really get along with him. And according to Olga, Ayana had told her of, you know, in the weeks after she gave birth that Blake had become upset stating that Ayana was paying too much attention to the child and to the baby and not enough to him. So he was, like, jealous of her paying a whole bunch of attention to the baby and um, was, like, lashing out at her. So on May 23rd, so 20 days after she gave birth, uh, Ayana asked her mother to babysit, saying that she needed to go shopping for a stroller and do some other things. And so, of course, Olga, as a new grandma, was like, yes, give me the fucking baby. Right, I'm down. I'm going to take that baby. Um, However, little did she know that that would be the last time that she would see her daughter alive. Of course. At the end of the day, on the 23rd, after not hearing from Ayana, Olga grew concerned. And on the 25th, she finally called the police and the police showed up to do a wellness check at Libel and Kajun's condo. But he refused to open the door, only like yelling from the inside, saying that they were fine, everything's fine, she's in here with me, and we're fine. Olga continued to plead with the police, but of course you got to realize you're dealing with a language barrier. She's over there just as a visitor. So it was hard for her. The, the parent and they're in the yep. hallway. Exactly. Yep. So they can't, like the first time going by, they can't just bust in there. Right. She finally pleads with them long enough. So on the, the, um, the next day, the police returned and they ended up finally forcing their way inside. So there was like a standoff moment at the apartment. Then they finally got inside the apartment, but he... Then at that point, Blake had barricaded himself in the master bedroom. So he was still not allowing them entry to the master bedroom, but they got into the apartment. And they said that he even went as far as to, like, barricading other doorways in the home with mattresses 
However, they finally got through his standoff in the uh, master bedroom. And when they entered the bedroom, they found him sitting next to Ayana's lifeless body, drained of all of its blood and covered in a Mickey Mouse blanket. Damn. So the scene that investigators found, they described it as something like straight out of a horror movie. All the research I did, everyone was like, this was insane. They said that there was blood everywhere, that there were crimson stains on the white headboard in the guest room. There were clumps of hair and skin stuck to a razor in the bathroom. They found a whole bunch of blood in the drains. Um, They think that it was in the bathtub that he drained her of her blood. Um, In the basement and in the dumpster behind the condo, there were 11 trash bags total containing pieces of Ayana, including um, a severed ear, clumps of her hair, bloodied towels, and her scalp. Jesus Christ. As for her, she had been scalped. One of her eyebrows had been removed, not just like shaved, but like shaved off. One side of her face had been just cut to pieces almost all the way down, um, exposing some of the facial muscles and the bone. And it was her right ear that had been cut off. Buckle in, it's about to get more graphic. According to the transcripts from the L.A. County Coroner's deposition, he stated that her entire scalp was traumatically absent and not found with the body. Her skull had been stripped down to the surface of the bone. There was no scalp present except for little bits in the back of the neck. Portions of the right side of her face were torn away, including the right ear and part of the posterior face on the right side, all the way down to her jawline. Um, They said there were also quite a number of bruises and abrasions on her face. Those were primarily on the left side. The left cheek and the left jaw area had a whole bunch of bruises, including one that turned out to be a human bite mark. And the worst thing is that she had lived for at least eight hours after receiving the scalp injury and other injuries. So the most disturbing part of the testimony is the fact that she was possibly alive while she was being mutilated. Um, They said that there were signs of bleeding, which means that her heart was still beating while she was sustaining the injuries. Um, They say that what happened was Blake dragged her body through the house, just torturing her, beating her, and finally submerged her in the bathtub. And they said the final cause of death was exsanguination, which is severe blood loss. So he just bloodled her after torturing her, which she was alive during. Um, Prosecutors said that there was some indication when they arrived that he had previously been lying next to her body, and apparently he had also cleaned her body before they got there. So the biggest question has been, why? Why? Yeah. Why? And why such a traumatic way to do it? Like, why bloodlet her? Prosecutors believe that part of... What he did was based off of his graphic novel syndrome, which apparently they painted it as like that graphic novel was just the blueprint for the torture, that maybe this was something he had been planning and thinking about for a while. And now he finally had a chance to act on it. Um, They said that the cover of the novel depicts a baby doll with a partially removed scalp and includes depictions of bloodletting. 
They called it a case of life imitating art. Um, however, of course, the defense argued that that's a stretch and that they were reaching for something that wasn't there. But if that's the case, then the question of why still goes unanswered. Yeah. The other thing was, you know, was it just a power? Did he just snap? They said that um, when police arrived in his living room, like they found his they found a jacket containing his passport and like ten thousand dollars cash. Because the other question was, if he did all of this, why did he stay in the apartment? Right. Why didn't he run? You know, like yeah. he knew if they were going to find him, they're going to charge him with this. Like he's going to be found guilty. So why didn't he run? But there's that sign that maybe he would have run, but he just didn't get the chance. There, you know, also apparently before this, they were in a semi-happy relationship. It seemed like he loved her. But then she had the baby and he seemed to grow jealous but we still don't really know why, because he refuses to talk. So, um, uh, yeah, he's never talked about his motives. And in June of 2018, so just about a year ago, after a four-hour deliberation, jurors found Libel incredibly guilty of first-degree murder. <laughs> incredibly guilty. I added that part. But I mean, like, in four hours. <laughs> It took him seven hours to do Ted Bundy. Yeah. So they got Blake in four. They were like, yeah, no, we're, we're good here. He, we find him incredibly guilty of first degree guilty murder. Guilty AF. Um, he was given a life sentence in prison without the possibility of parole. He's currently in that first year of the sentence. And Ayana's daughter, their daughter, Diana, now lives um, in the care of Ayana's mother, Olga, in the Ukraine and is a happy, healthy three-year-old. Damn. Who will never know her mother and will know that, you know, eventually she'll grow up and know what her dad did. Sure. And yeah. And he's never talked about it. And they even for like the second part of his trial or whatever, the judge asked if he wanted to not be present. And he was like, yeah, I don't want to be present. Earlier in this year, this story was back in the news because Olga, Ayana's mom, filed a civil lawsuit against Blake Libel and she won. Um, so, according to this, Blake owes Olga $54.5 million. However, Blake uh, and his attorneys and all the people on his side never responded to anything about the lawsuit. Oh, of course. So, chances are she will probably never, never get her get money. money. And the way that I found this story is there was a Reddit thread about what is the what's like a true crime from your hometown that like isn't you know people don't really know about blah 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 or no maybe it was parents of of kids who are killers i don't know i found a thread where a guy said that he used to work in a coffee shop where the dad of blake libel would frequent in toronto mm. And he was like, he didn't give the name of who it was, but he was like, there was a dad of a guy who murdered his girlfriend after barricading himself in their apartment. Um, and the dad comes in for coffee and he's like a billionaire and he's a arrogant asshole. And his parents were not at any of his trial proceedings. The only person who showed up was his brother. Damn. So, yep. That's the unfortunate, brutal murder of Ayana Kajian. I'm probably butchering it. And the asshole, rich kid, Blake Libel. That's heavy. I know. I told you. 
I was like, this one's going to be heavy. He did a lot of bad things, but he got put away and it only took him four hours to decide to put him away. That's not long at all. That's good. No, that's that was good. Fast. They were like, fuck that guy. Yep. So, so he's serving life? Life without parole. He'll mm-hmm. never get parole. That's he's going to cool. die in prison. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I also meant to tell you, this is one of the things I kept forgetting that I was like, don't talk about it before the show, was that I have uh, become obsessed with the elevator game. Oh, you had texted me about that. Like, I just keep reading all sorts of stories on Reddit about it. Of people who have, like, played it. Yeah, and I was talking to Christina about it earlier today because I was telling her, like, I can't tell which ones are, like, which ones are, like, people, like, trying to write fiction and which ones are people who, like, genuinely believe that they have experienced something. So, like, it's hard to really, like, suss out. You should do an episode where you put all your favorite ones together. There are a bunch of good ones. Well, I'm, like... Because there are some things that are consistent between all of them and then some that change. So, like, the woman is different. Like, people describe her looking all kinds of ways. Just that a woman gets on at the fifth floor, but she looks all kinds of ways. Aren't you not supposed to look at her? You're not supposed to look at her, right. So, like, nobody can really get a good look at her. But there are plenty of people who are like, I forgot I wasn't supposed to look at her. And I looked at her. But then this, because all these people are like. Now I'm dead. <laughs> most of the people, exactly. I'm like, you can't, I'm not, what are you, how, so, how are you ludicrous do you think you can tell this story that people Luda. will still believe it? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Number one spot. So, anyway, yeah, I've been reading all these, like, different accounts of it. And there are people who are, like, convinced that they're, like, still in the wrong dimension. Where, like, they came home and, like, this just isn't the same. Thank God Reddit still works. Girl. In a different dimension. <laughs> like, one person insisted that, like, swore, like, th- that they weren't lying, that this really happened. And that the only difference that they've really spotted is there's this sports team that they swear to God in their, excuse me, in their dimension is called a different thing. What sports team? I think it was the Raptors. Like, there's a team we have called the Raptors, and he was like, I swear to God, in my world, they're not called the Raptors. They were never called the Raptors. That city's sports team is called the Valors, and it's always been the Valors. And I'm like, um... Okay, sure, whatever, dude. Right. Some people, yeah, so some people have said that the woman was really scary. Some people said she looked totally normal, but, like, they just were, you know, weren't looking at her or whatever. The one that got me was, I was like, what was this person said that she was with her friend, Shelby, and that Shelby was supposed to stay on the first floor um, so that when everything, like, what happened, she was supposed to come back down and meet Shelby there. But that she had messed up the ritual. And then the door opened on the fifth floor and Shelby got in. And she was like, oh, it's just Shelby. <gasps> Right. No. Right. And she was like, oh, like, they're laughing about how, like, it didn't work and it was really (gasps) stupid. But then she realized that Shelby's eyes were brown and Shelby's eyes were supposed to be blue. Like, Shelby has blue eyes. And then, like, it clicked for her, like, that's the woman. And she, like, stopped talking to her and, like, she got off at the 10th floor. But, like, you know, it was weird. And she got back on and went back down. And, like, when they left the building, like, it was Shelby with the brown eyes. And then she, like, talked to all her friends about it since then. And everybody's like, Shelby. Shelby said that you told, like, apparently, like, Shelby now because there have been updates where, like, Shelby is like, Shelby told us, like, you don't even like us. That, like, you said so-and-so was a bitch. And she's like, I never said that. It's not the real Shelby. Right. (laughs) Um, But there are tons of them. But, like, some of them I'm just like, okay, you're completely full of shit. Yeah. But some of them I'm like, it's kind of plausible. Like, maybe you – that. 
that if you're so open to it and you're so susceptible that that could happen, like maybe you really believe it. Maybe. And like how much of your reality is like real and how much of it is like what you believe. You know what I mean? Ah. So I'm I'm curious how many of these people like genuinely believe the story that they're telling and how many of them are like just like this is a cool writing exercise. And that's yeah. what me and Christina were talking about. We're like, this is a fun writing exercise. Yeah. Like, I was like, I know that that's a, a really common thing on Reddit right. is people writing, you know, fiction, posing as real things to right. be, see, you know, see how much uh, interest it gets. Yeah. They do that in Reddit, the subreddit relationship advice all the time. I'm sure. There are some that I read that I'm like, damn, this is crazy. And I'm like, oh, wait, this probably isn't real. Right. I agree. But yeah, that's cool. All right. Yeah, I think that's all we got now. It is. There we go. Episode 51. Episode 51. Yay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good episode. I know. I liked it. If you want to support this show, there are all sorts of ways that you can do that. So, of course, number one, the best way you can do that is to now you can support our Patreon. Yay. And it's just patreon.com backslash dead time stories all one word with a z we have one dollar five dollar and fifteen dollar tiers the other ways you can support us because there's so many ways besides financially of course absolutely is that you can leave us a review on itunes on facebook you can preferably leave five stars Mm -hmm. and send us a nice little like hey i did this maybe you'll get a sticker out of it who knows we got a lot of things going on now. We're aiming we on getting do. real, real merch some point when we hit 350 with our Patreon. So if we excited. can hit 500, we want to do live shows. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, of course, you can follow us all over the place. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram, Dead Time Stories with a Z, all one word. You can email us at deadtimestories at gmail.com. And, of course, you can find us on Instagram as well. Sarah is at OverYourHeadins, H-E-D-D-I-N-S. I'm at S-C Kernison, K-E-R-N-I-S-A-N. And, yeah. That's it. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening, listening, you guys. Have a good thing. This has been, <laughs> I don't know. What is it? Happy Cinco de Mayo. That's yeah. when we're recording. Yeah, yeah. That's we're, yeah, today is Cinco de Mayo. It is Cinco de Mayo. It's Not really anymore by the time you listen to this. It'll yeah. be... What's Wednesday, the 8th? Uh, yes. Cin- Ocho Day? I was going to say Cinco Day Ocho. Thursday is when this comes out. You're right. So, Nueve. Mm-hmm. Whatever. De, Ma- De Mayo. I'm Sarah. I'm Stephanie. And this has been Dead Time Stories. Bye. Thanks for listening. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curtison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 